Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Shannon Schroet. She is a powerhouse in the world of empowerment and transformation with a master's in strategic leadership and an MBA. Shannon is not just a coach, but a published author and the visionary behind Spectacular Living. Today, she shares her expertise on achieving balance for business leaders, offering tips and strategies to reclaim your time and ignite a spark in both personal and professional realms. Join us today as we dive into Shannon's journey and uh, from self-doubt to becoming a guiding force for others seeking fulfillment and success. Shannon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on today. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and becoming a coach and author and speaker and what inspires you to start Spectacular Living? Oh, wow. I grew up in business. I was six years old when my grandpa set me down and taught me how to balance a checkbook and what credit and debit means when it comes to running a business. And it's been off and running ever since. And to be honest, I was a workaholic, you know, working seven days a week, 14 hour days minimum and raising my family, running a couple businesses at once. And I burnt out. I went through my divorce um, I went from owning my own companies to working for somebody else after my divorce. And I was standing in my living room, looking out the window and I was looking into the pool and that, and I was just thinking, there's so much more out there. There has to be more to life. I felt like I was missing something. And to be honest, I was so stressed out, so exhausted that I considered that my, my suicide window because I just didn't want to go on anymore, but I I knew that wasn't something for me, you know, that I would never want my kids to find me like that. And so I took a step back and I moved away. I I went to this small town in the middle of nowhere to get my degree. I actually got my bachelor's and my two masters in five years. But with that, I was in a small stagnant town with nothing to do. And it forced me to actually think about a personal life. I couldn't sit still to watch a movie. I always had to stay busy because I, I had that workaholic mindset. It's just busy. Go thinking about the next things. It's always, your mind's always in the future yeah. and all the things you got to do. So here I had to learn to, what do I do with all my spare time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned how to sit down. I learned how to watch a movie. I started going on hikes, found I actually loved to hike. I, who would have known? And that's the thing. I wouldn't have known unless I tried it. So I really learned the hard way though. And it, it took me like six years to figure out how to go from being a workaholic to actually be in harmony with my career and my personal life. Yeah. And what really drove it home that I, I succeeded at this was um, I was managing three companies for somebody else. And my daughter calls me up on a Friday and she says, hey, mom, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, nothing. Why? What do you want to do? And she's, wait, what? It's Saturday. And I said, yeah, what do you want to do? She goes, but 
you're you're not working? And I'm like, no, <laughs> what do you want to do? And she's, I really don't know how I feel about this. So I'm going to have to sit in it. <laughs> but do you want to go shopping tomorrow? <laughs> she goes, I'm going to get my head around this that you're not working. I'll meet you tomorrow. <laughs> and that's where I knew I made the right choice because then I'm available. I can go out and do things. I, I figured out the things that I like and I things that I thought I'd like that I don't like. And ultimately what I really learned though, is I've been spending my whole life surviving. Yeah. And now here I am living life and it's just, it's so different. It's such day and night and the things that, that I've learned on my journey, I'm sharing with everybody else. Cause as that workaholic, you focus so much on your career. And then all of a sudden it's like, you look over and it's, oh, I'm successful in my career, but I'm unsuccessful in everything else in my life. Yeah. I must be bad at relationships. And then you feel guilty for not being at work <laughs> yeah. and the stress and the anxiety and it just goes out of control. Yeah. So it's just here I am. And hopefully people, they'll understand that the, the people who were in where I was, Hopefully they understand that they want some guidance and some help, whether it's me or somebody else. And they get that because it's just so vital for your overall well-being. Yeah. And I think it is really difficult to, especially with the, as a business owner, you know, I was talking about this and I think there's seasons of busyness and there's seasons of focus. And there's a lot of people that find themselves working long hours and they would agree they're a workaholic. How do you address that with your, in your coaching program and kind of help business owners to, to find, to even start to break that pattern? To be really honest, I have this thing where, especially as myself being a, a business leader and I'm serving business leaders. Yeah. If you can't lead yourself, you can't possibly lead someone else. Right. Yeah. And, but no, whenever you want to grow, you really have to just shift your mindset. You want to shift your life, you have to shift your mindset. And for me, I had to redefine some of my thoughts and just eliminate my self-limiting beliefs because really at the end of the day, I was the one standing in my own way. Yeah. Um, so through this journey, that's what I do. I help people shift their thoughts, whether it's teaching them how to find balance, find that harmony between their career and their work life, how to unshelf yourself, be mindful, be good at relationships. Yeah. So that all falls within my program. Yeah. I love that. I want to add a, a personal note that in my own journey in building my business and also trying to find trying to go from the workaholism to actually enjoying my life as well. <laughs> and I honestly, and, and I know that people that are listening can identify what some people are going to be able to identify with this. But when I first started to do hobbies, I thought they were such a waste of time <laughs> because it was just, you just do it for fun. If I was doing, I'm, I'm an artist and I do a lot of crafts and a lot of painting and I play the violin and all this kind of stuff. But when some of those I were new things that I picked up and I learned, but 
I, I would always think in my head, yeah, I create this painting. Then what, what am I gonna do with it? Like it wasn't producing anything for me. Like, I didn't see the point. And I forced myself. I had to force myself. And it was in that forcing and being there, making a clay, whatever, that I finally started to actually realize the benefits of it. Yes. Right. It's it's just a process of like, I think for some of us, we've got to our our grips are on so tight that we've got to one finger at a time. <laughs> You're so right, because a lot of it is habit. Mm-hmm. We, you own your own business, I own mine, and it's so easy to dive in because you feel that need to keep things going. And I think there's a point too, some, it's worse for the other people because it's their habit or it's what I call a self-limiting belief. We grow up hearing these old sayings of money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard if you ever want anything. And like myself, I grew up listening to that and that's no blame anywhere, but that's okay. So I either have to work or I have to have a personal life. And what I didn't realize is there is no, or you can have both. Yeah. But I was never taught how to have both. I was only taught how to work. And so I had to learn what it meant to be good at relationships, to be in harmony, to be able to live my life and enjoy both aspects, work and personal life. But I also had to learn how to let go and turn it off and make that time for my personal life. Do that hobby. Once you get into it and you're able to learn how to relax to do it, and not think about all the things that you still need to do. It's, it becomes easier and the easier it becomes, the more you can enjoy it. Yeah. And your work becomes easier. Yes. Because yes. you actually took some time off just to let your brain wander. And it's amazing the solutions you come up with. Oh yeah. You become more productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now I haven't researched this yet, but I'm going to, and I, I think I'm, I may do a class or a webinar or something about it, but there was a study done and, and I just heard this. There was a study done that people who work five hours a day can actually produce more work than somebody who works eight hours or more. And it, but it got me thinking because I used to work 14 hour days, but how productive was I really? Yeah. I was so busy because my personal life sucked at the time. It really did (laughs) that. I busied myself in work because just like an ostrich that buries its head in the sand, I did that deep dive right into work and oh, I didn't want to see nothing else. I put on those blinders and oh no work. Let's stay busy. Yeah. Whether that's subconscious or consciously, most of it was subconscious, but that's exactly what I did. And, but Being busy is very time consuming. Yeah. And so when you can learn to be productive, it's very efficient and you actually develop more time to do things outside of work. Yeah. So there's a whole learning curve for that too. Yeah, definitely. So you talk a little bit about the concept of shelving yourself. Could you elaborate on that and what that means and how it affects individuals? Yeah, for myself, All the time that I spent working and the guilt that I experienced when I wasn't, I I would shelf myself. And and what that means is 
If you think of that shelf way up there, the shelf that you never dust because you can't reach it and you have no idea what's up there because you can't see what's up there. Yeah. That's where I would always put myself because everything else, my priorities wasn't me. It was the job. And so I would constantly, okay, I can do this. I can do that. I can, and I take on more and more work. And really what I was doing was burying myself. And so I did nothing for me. Every time something came up that whether it was something I enjoyed lunch with a friend, even as, oh, I can't, I got to work. And with that, I was shelving myself. Yeah. And so I have this concept now of unshelving myself. And I started it off by setting a timer, to be honest, for 15 minutes, because it was so hard for me to do it in 15 minutes. And, but you have to start somewhere, (laughs) even if it's five minutes, it doesn't matter as long as you start and don't do that deep dive into the pool. If you don't know how to swim, because it's not going to work well for you. You have to learn how to swim before you, you go diving in too deep. So for me, it was 15 minutes and I would do something that I liked. And for me, it was reading. So I set my timer for 15 minutes. I'd grab a book and I would make myself do this every single night. The more I started doing it, now I won't lie, at first I couldn't concentrate on a single thing I was reading. (laughs) (laughs) I will be honest. It takes practice, just just like with our jobs. We didn't just jump into our career and know how to do everything. We had to practice, we had to learn, we, we grew into it. Same concept. And what I did was, I sat there for 15 minutes. I started reading. I did this every single night. It started becoming a habit. Then I started before I knew it, I knew what I was reading. And then it was longer than 15 minutes. And I started building that up to the point to where, you know what, now I actually schedule my whole weekends free. It's blocked off for my personal life. And in my personal life, I have friends and family that schedule things with me because I'm always doing something fun and exciting. And so it's a building block, really. It's a building block to time management. That's interesting because it made me think of, I've been trying to do this meditation thing for 30 minutes a day. Yeah. And if it didn't inside the meditation say, did your mind wander (laughs) every couple of seconds is did your mind wander and it's okay don't judge yourself just notice your mind wandered (laughs) it is so hard to I start thinking about all the things I got to do so yeah it is a practice I think you really do have to practice now for those of the that are struggling with finding balance what other initial steps or strategies would you recommend that they start with to find the balance? And, and because some of us, you've got to become, become aware of the areas, first of all, that are, that are lacking our attention, right? And that's the first step. But what are some other maybe easy things that people can try? Okay, for myself, this worked for me because I would always go get pedicures and manicures because it was for my professional appearance, right? And I would make time because again, I related it to work. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, really what I used to do is sit there and be on my phone and work while I got my pedicure anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) I like to use this example because I think a lot of people actually do it. You know, they go get their pedicure. They do their maintenance for their job, whether it's a haircut, whatever it might be. And 
So what I started doing was instead of being on my phone throughout the whole pedicure, I turned it off and I, it, it was very hard for me to turn it off. That, that first couple of times that I did this, I kid you not, it was just like being an addict. <laughs> I had the shakes a little bit and I was worried about, oh, what's going to be on my phone when I get done. Yeah. But I finally learned how to breathe through that and turned off the phone. I put it away in my purse. You leave it in your car, what, whatever the case is. So as long as it's far enough away that you can't just grab it and turn it on and check. Because you will talk yourself into it at first. And so with my phone being off, I would sit there, but I had to close my eyes because what I found is if I sat there and I wasn't busy looking at my phone or my tablet or reading a book, everybody around me would talk to me, including the person doing my pedicure. And so I would close my eyes so that way nobody would talk to me. I didn't have any di distractions. And that's what it boils down to is eliminating distractions, even if it's for 30 minutes. And I would just focus in on the feelings and the sensations of the pedicure. By doing that, I am unshelving myself. I'm turning off or disconnecting from work. So I'm doing all these things at once, but it's actually also teaching me how to be in the moment. But really at the end of the day, although I was telling myself the pedicures were for work, it, it was really for me. Yeah. So once I disengaged and I started to enjoy it, then it became my own self-care. Let's talk about guilt a little bit because guilt in the pursuit of balance, we often feel guilt. Oh, yes. And obviously that's ingrained in from probably childhood. So what are some ways that we can deal with the guilt? Let's say I go out and I'm trying some of these exercises and I start to feel guilty. How do you deal with that? First, I always suggest ass assessments, assess your life, because then you have to align it. And wh when you start assessing and, and doing these alignments, it's just not a once in a lifetime thing. It's something that you should always rinse and repeat. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, because your your life is constantly changing. Priorities change. And, and, but should. But also time management. Learning to be more productive. And in some cases, it's eliminating distractions. It's what? Delegate. Learning not to have to control everything. Yeah. In actually letting, if you're working in, especially if you're a leader management or, you know, you have coworkers that you can delegate to. The thing is they have a job, they should be able to do their job. So you don't have to do everything for them. And a lot of times, and I'm speaking for myself as my overachieving uh, workaholic self, <laughs> I, I would take on all the work. But I felt guilty, not just guilty when I wasn't at work. I felt guilty having somebody else to do my work. And yeah. so I really had to teach myself to delegate and tell myself it's okay. it Because it, it really is okay. And, um, but not just that, you have to build boundaries professionally and personally. And they're completely different boundaries. But you have to build them, you have to stick with them, and you have to teach the other people what your boundaries are. Yeah. 
So boundaries, you know, a, a lot of people, and I was one of these people, I thought, oh my gosh, boundaries. Everybody's talking about boundaries. But it's actually a healthy thing because you're, you like to paint or you like artist stuff, right? A great example is if just imagine you have a brand new place with brand new carpet and you set this canvas on this table, but the canvas is bigger than the table itself. And you pour some paint on it because you're going to do some type of arts and crafts, right? The paint starts to roll on the canvas. Your boundaries is the edges of the canvas itself. So once the paint starts to roll towards your boundaries, as long as it's within the boundaries, you're okay. But when it crosses your boundaries, it's going to drip onto your carpet, your brand new carpet. And if you ever have that happen, nobody wants wet paint on their brand new carpet. Yeah. I've, I've had that happen. You don't want that to happen. <laughs> it never comes out. <laughs> so boundaries are really important, whether it's at work or it's with your friends, family, and your relationships, just anything in life, including for yourself. And most people don't think about boundaries for themselves. And so if it always starts off with boundaries, what are you okay with and what are you not okay with? And then you just got to build from there. So I also help people develop those. And so that way they can move forward. I like that. And especially if you're like a a people pleaser and you get guilt because you don't want somebody else to be upset with your boundaries and not, and you're guilty that way, or for some reason you think your value is connected to how much you do. Yes. And Which I is that's a misconception huge. that everybody makes. I made that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I read this book called Who Dies? And in there, he said, he, he helps people at the end of their life wrap things up. And he had said something that struck me. He said, most people don't find happiness and love themselves and really fulfillment until the end of their life when they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're so sick that then they have to realize, wait, I'm more than what I do. Yeah. And really explore that. And until we start to explore that you're more than what you do, then yeah, it's, you're going to, you're going to be a little, feel a little bit guilty because you're not value, valuing yourself in any other area. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. So I, I was talking to a gentleman and it's like, I introduced myself and he's tell me a little bit about you. And and I did. And he goes, that's the first time I haven't heard somebody tell me their job title. So when, when I introduce myself, I never tell people what I do because it's how I make my money, but it's not my identity. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was such a problem until he made this comment. And then I'm just like, I'm thinking about it. So fast forward a couple of months after this whole conversation, I'm talking to a different guy and this guy, he's talking to me about his job and his job title and, and everything else. And so I shared the little nugget of your job title isn't your identity. It's what you do is how you make your money. So next time you introduce yourself without your job title and see how you feel when you do that. A couple yeah. weeks later, he comes back and he says, 
oh my gosh, I got to thank you. And I'm like, for what? Because by then I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, for what? Because I went to my kid's open house and we all had to introduce ourselves to the other parents. And I stood up and for the first time ever, I didn't say what I did. Now, what he did is a very public career. And so, of course, every time he says something, everybody wants something from him. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in this case, he didn't mention his job at all. And he goes, he goes, it was almost like he goes, it was like relief. He goes, I can't even explain it, but it wasn't relief. Yeah. He goes, nobody asked me for nothing. They just accepted what I said and moved on. And he goes, it was like a whole nother world. And I thought that's, it's interesting because we, when we introduce ourselves, probably 99% of the time, people start off with their job title, what they do for a living. Yeah. Instead of who they are. Yeah. But I don't think people really know who they are. Yeah. And that's really part of the problem because like myself growing up hearing, you got to work hard if you ever want anything. We develop this subconscious self-limiting beliefs that we don't even know we have. Yeah. And then here we wake up one day, very successful in our career. And we're going, oh my gosh, isn't there more to life? Why can't I have this great relationship? Why can't I have the love of my life? Why am I really doing the job I want to do? Who am I? You know what I mean? They feel like they're missing something. Yeah. And I certainly was one of them. And I think there's a lot of people who are like that, but they just don't realize they need the help. Yeah. So I really think about 98% of people really don't know who they are. They don't have that harmony between their career and their personal life. Because I don't think people really understand what balance is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It seems like planning is really important in actually going after some balance in your life. So What are some planning tips that might help some business owners out there listening to start to plan their work-life balance? I would honestly say set some clear goals, prioritize your tasks, but really it's practice time blocks, schedule time to have a personal life and set timers, but stick with it. Yeah. And don't overwhelm yourself. It's like, A new year's resolution, everybody does this whole, I'm going to become fit. I'm going to work out every day and I'm going to go on a diet. (laughs) So they toss out all the junk food, anything with sugar. They sign up at the gym and within a week, it all comes crashing down. Yeah. And it's just because you dove into the deep end without learning how to swim. It's really baby steps. Don't worry about way up here. Worry about that first step. And then you'll climb up and you'll make it to the top. But so really it is practicing the time blocks. It is maintaining um, boundaries. Maintaining boundaries is one of the number one things. And people have the hardest time with that. Yeah. But it's not an instant thing either, having boundaries. So you have to be consistent. And really a great example is... I talked to the sales manager and he had an open door policy, which is great. All of his salesmen would just come in whenever they wanted, (laughs) but 
it became such a problem that he couldn't get his own work done. But he didn't want to turn anybody away because he had an open door policy, right? Yeah. Um, so it took him a bit of time, but he finally learned how to, you know what? Between this time, you can come in and talk to me, or you know what, if if that doesn't work for you, call and schedule. Yeah. It it really boils down to get a schedule, get a calendar. Because you really do. And when you're sitting there, you can have an open door policy, but it doesn't mean it has to literally be open all yeah. the time. Yeah. Because sometimes you got to block out all the white noise. So that way you can get your own stuff done too. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to mention that you're an advocate for mindful meditation. We talked a little bit about this prior to the podcast. Yes. So how does that personally help you? And what are the benefits individuals can expect from incorporating in that in their lives? And I, I feel like for busy workaholic business owners, that's probably the last thing they're going to think of, right? Unless yeah. you're come along the journey where you've actually got gotten to the point where you're like, oh, I actually need to do this. Yeah. So what, what has your, been your experience with that? Oh, a few years ago, I was at a conference and I was listening to this keynote speaker and she made us all stand up. <laughs> and for one, just one minute, she even set a timer, but for one minute, you can close your eyes or you can leave your eyes open. Doesn't matter. But you're going to breathe, whether it's in, in and out through your nose or mouth. Again, that doesn't matter. But you're going to take a deep breath in and you're going to let it out. And what you're going to do is you're going to focus on that breath. You do that a couple of times. And then like you just talked about a little bit ago, notice that your thoughts start to wonder, right? You're, you start thinking about things and just know it's okay that you're thinking of things as you're taking these deep breaths. And as you do this, though, note what you're thinking. Because it's important to recognize that you're having thoughts, what you're thinking about, but then consciously bring your thoughts back to your breathing. Okay, you're going to notice the warm air coming in as you in ex inhale, and then you exhale. And if your thoughts wander again, you're going to, you're going to notice it. You're going to pay attention to it, but you're going to purposely bring it back to your breathing, but it's okay to let your thoughts wander. And as soon as she started telling me, it's okay for my thoughts to wander. It was like, oh, and it actually helped me to recognize when it did. And with that, by bringing it back to my breathing and concentrating on my breathing. And again, this was just one minute and and she said, okay, now one minute a day, we breathe anyway, but one minute is absolutely nothing. And she goes, do it once a day, at least once a day. And, and I did, um, it, it stuck with me enough because what happens is as your, your thoughts are wandering and you're bringing it back to your breath, you're actually teaching yourself how to be in the moment. But he talks about um, being present, being in the moment. And we're, we get so busy. If we're not living in the past about things that's happened, then yeah. we're constantly in the future because we're constantly thinking about, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. Oh, when am I going to get that done? And so what? either way, you're not in the moment. 
And by concentrating on the breathing, you're actually teaching yourself how to live in the moment. And so what it did for me over time was when I'm with my friends and family and my thoughts start to wonder, or I start thinking about all the things that I need to do, I actually briefly concentrate on my breathing real quick. And then it allows me to refocus so I can be in the moment with the people that's around me. And so that's how it's helped me. But again, it w- I started off with a baby step. And it didn't take me years and years to get to this point. Yeah. But it just so happens I learned how to do it a few years ago. And so it, in just a, a month or so, I had this habit. And sometimes I sit in that moment a little bit longer, especially if my world, my own personal world is chaotic. Yeah. I'll just sit on my couch or what, whatever, and I'll just take some breaths and get in the moment and refocus because really that's what it is. It's refocusing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I've just started that journey. I do Tony Robbins priming and I've done that and that's been amazing. And that's my influence. And I do Wim Hof's app, his breathing app. And if nobody knows what that is, it's just, it's a breathing exercise he has you do that makes you feel really euphoric. And then he's has, he's the one that does all the ice baths and stuff too, which I'm into, but I just started the meditation that you're talking about. So I'm interested to see what happens in my life after I've done it for, they say eight weeks is the the goal to see like major change. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. So what do you think has been your truth that's gotten you this far in your journey? Oh, I grew up with my dad telling me to be a great business person. You have to know your strength and your weaknesses and surround yourself with people who can get you further. I understood what he was telling me, but I really didn't understand the depths of it. Because I did that in business, I I can surround myself with people. But what I didn't realize is that worked for my personal life, too. And sometimes we need that healthy, supportive environment. Mm -hmm. And so on my journey, I've had to leave people where they were. And I've met some great people that is great for me. And so I would really my truth is I did surround myself with people that could help me before I even learned what a coach was back in the day I went and got counseling yeah to try to find figure out what I was missing I really thought it was just me (laughs) and then when I learned that what coaching was and I got myself coach Mm -hmm. I got people who could guide me along my journey Not necessarily, everybody always says, oh, you got to do, sometimes you just got to walk your path by yourself. And you have to do the work yourself, but people can hold your hand on your journey too. Yeah. And I think that's really important because most people don't understand that they need somebody to hold their hand. They need somebody to support them and somebody to make them accountable. And for me, my truth is I had to become the client that I want. My first client and my first success story is actually myself. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. I help the people who's in the place I used to be. So that way they can come up here and be in the place I'm at with me. Yeah. 
I like that. And and we don't succeed by ourselves. No. I think there's this kind of this, some people will be like, don't be transparent. Don't talk about your struggles. It, fake it till you make it. Appearances are everything. But that I feel is so extremely superficial mm-hmm. when the rubber meets the road and you start to surround yourself with people and it's not going to be everybody, but you go out there and you surround yourself with people that care about you. Yeah, They've got your back. They're going to support you. And when you're struggling, they're there. That's what allows you to succeed. And thinking that you're going to be a lone island and not have any help from anyone else is, you know, that that's setting yourself up for failure, really. And I'm a huge advocate of, I'm not afraid to tell people, even on LinkedIn, if I need help, <laughs> because I know that the people I work with and the people that I serve, there's a reason why my business exists. And if it weren't for them, then there'd be no point in me doing any, doing what I do. And so I can't think to myself that somehow I'm just going to do it myself and I'm going to be a silo because I can't succeed without them. Yeah. And so I always keep that in in mind and it keeps you humble too. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Oh, listen to my instincts and trust myself. (laughs) That that's my number one thing. (laughs) Yes. I love that. So Shannon, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. Oh, thank you, Amy, for having me. Yes, definitely. And if there are listeners that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? They can go to my website. It's spectacular-living.com. And they can contact me through there or any social med. I'm on most social media platforms at Spectacularly Shannon. Okay, perfect. And I'll put all the links down below as well. Again, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you, Amy. It was my pleasure. Yes, definitely. And if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com.